in many cultures and countries where people are more community-oriented and where they come together to eat, there is connection, conversations, stories, and a lot of catching up. And that's just so rich and beautiful. I gravitate towards that, and that's why my cuisine is about my Thai culture, as well as other cultures I eventually want to explore. Meet Suwani Lennon, a Thai-American, a military wife, a mom, a photographer, and if that was not just enough, she's also an aspiring food blogger. Her mission is to teach you how to make Thai food the real authentic way. And she does that via her narratives, her life experiences, her beautiful imagery, and her live cooking shows on her Instagram account. Suwani was such a delight to speak with. I met her as a photographer and we instantly clicked. Sorry, I just couldn't resist that pun. Two immigrants and two women of color who bonded over different childhoods and our creative journey. So I knew I had to get Suwani here on the show. We spoke about her childhood in Thailand and then here in the U.S. when she was adopted by her American mom and lived in a multicultural household. Her food journey is certainly very diverse and she tried to instill that in her kids as well. But of course, the occasional burger, pizza and McDonald's does make its way into our household because my kids are still young and sometimes that's just what they want to eat, she says. Suwani is also one of the early contributors to the Culturally Ours Journal, where she shared a bit more of her life's journey and a recipe for a popular Thai dish, green papaya salad. I'm going to link to that in the show notes as well. And if you're listening to this episode on the replay, hop on over to our Instagram feed because she is going to be making this for us live very soon. I know you are going to enjoy getting to know Suwani and follow her food journey on this episode of Culturally Ours. Welcome to Culturally Ours, a show where we explore global cultural diversity in an intimate way through conversations and narratives around lifestyle, culture, food, art, and travel. Host Karthika Gupta talks to people from all over the world who have intimately experienced different cultures as a way to understand each other's worlds from the inside out, focusing on what we have in common. Welcome, Swani. Thank you so much for joining me on Cultural Liars. I am so excited to have you on the podcast, my friend, and I cannot wait to chat with you, get to know you a little bit better, and get to know your food journey a little bit better. Hi, Karthika. How are you? So good to be here. Oh, I, it's going to be a, an amazing conversation. I just know it. So before we begin, can you tell us a little bit about sort of who you are, where you're from? just to help set the stage for this conversation. Yes, I'm Suwani. I am Thai American. I grew up in Thailand for 13 years, came to the States, to Wisconsin, Minnesota, and have been here since. I am also a food blogger focusing on Thai food, Asian food, and a little bit of international dishes here and there of, um, just to represent some of the countries and cultures that we lived in. I'm also a mom of two, a military wife living in the Pacific Northwest. You live in a beautiful part of the country, I must say. 
I know it and I appreciate it so much. Oh, yeah. So talk to me a little bit about your food journey. I mean, just what you said um, earlier, you've been around a few different countries and cultures and especially being a military wife, you've traveled for a fair bit. So how does food sort of fit into your life and your lifestyle? Um, Do you love to cook or is it just something you do because you have to survive? Okay, so food has always been a big part of me because of Thailand. It's it's a food culture. So I grew up in the rural part of Thailand. So food was scarce, but yet we made delicious meals from what we had. So food was always a big part of our culture. Uh, we ate from the land, um, just used what we had and just kind of lived that way. And when I came to the U.S., I was adopted by an American family. So I just, <laughs> my taste bud compared to my uh, my Thai cuisine compared to my American uh, family, it just wasn't uh, comparable in terms of flavors and taste. <laughs> I really had to learn how to cook on my own at a young age. And I just did a lot of trials and errors um, during the those early years and then in, also in college. And I had a lot of international friends in college that I would learn how to cook from and with. And I traveled a lot after I got married to my husband. We lived in Portugal. We lived, we were just recently in Germany this summer. We've been to Thailand almost every year, except after we had kids and just been to different cultures and countries. And just food has always been a big part of our life, no matter where we went. And it was just always something that would bring um, friends and family together for me. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, especially when you travel, I think food, uh, and especially when you travel to places like Thailand and, you know, uh, very culturally rich places. I'm not saying there are places that are not culturally rich. I think every place is culturally rich, but some places more so than the others. And so food becomes this natural extension of immersing yourself in that culture because everybody's got to eat and everybody's got to, you know, kind of, uh, that. It's, it's like a means of survival, but also flavors, textures. You really get a feel for the place, right? Correct. Yes. And food also bring people together, no matter what, like you said, everyone has to eat. And so in a lot of these um, cultures and countries where people are more community oriented, when there's Mm -hmm. food, people come together and there's connection and conversations and stories and catching up. And it's just something that is so rich and beautiful. I, I, I gravitate towards that. And that's why my cuisine is um, so much about not just my Thai culture, but other uh, cultures I eventually want to explore as well. Yeah, for sure. Now, you you alluded to this a little bit when you talked about sort of your food journey, but how is your cooking style? I mean, do you use cookbooks? Do you Are you one of those super creative people who just like comes up with recipes on the fly? Because let me tell you, I'm not. <laughs> and I'm always in awe of people who can, oh, I just, you know, I create recipes. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's also funny. I remember that conversation when we first met that you said yes. you cook. Um, yeah, so I guess I'm those one of those crazy people. They just like to come up with recipes. I mean, I with my Thai cooking, I want to honor the traditional recipes. But mm-hmm. a, um, as an American living, a Thai American living in America, I also have to adapt to some of the ingredients that are available here. So I um, I've learned to be creative and use what we have. And I guess it goes back to my childhood. You know, just kind of use what we have and kind of adapt mm-hmm. and substitute and go from there. 
Um, I read cookbooks as guidelines just to see what people are doing. But I, when I cook, I, I can't even stand looking at recipes. I <laughs> like, this doesn't make sense. This should add more of this, more of that, especially chili and garlic. It's like, there's always a need for more of yep. those. <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Like for me, cookbooks are a visual treat. Um, you know, just I, I guess being a photographer and, and just all of that stuff. I I don't even, I mean, I will read, but if, for me, a, a cookbook, if it tells a story, is so much more interesting than if it's just a pretty picture and says ingredients and method. Because that tells me nothing, right? That tells me nothing of the narrative. That tells me nothing of the history of why. Um, and I know you've been doing a whole bunch of like Instagram lives and you're cooking and you're sharing so much of the narrative, which I think is very important to help people who are not of that culture connect with that culture. Yes, absolutely agree. Um, everybody, like you said, everyone has a story and mm -hmm. we all want to hear each the other person's story. And when that story is being told, you feel connected and close to that person that culture and there's meaning in that and so absolutely so beautiful um yeah the only thing I say when I have to follow recipes or cookbook is when I bake like serious baking which I don't do any serious baking at all baking intimidates me quite a bit <laughs> the only thing that I would <laughs> try to read my recipe <laughs> <laughs> and I get so annoyed after minutes into it. I'm like, no, I'm just going to not bake this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's me with like cooking too. I'm like, really? I, get yeah, I get intimidated very easily if it's, especially if it's complicated. And it's most of the time it's not complicated. It's just a series of steps and you've got to follow those steps. But I am so not focused. <laughs> like, I just want to be in and done and out, right? I want to spend yeah. the least amount of time in my kitchen. You throw a complicated recipe at me. I'm like, oh my God, I have everything, but I just don't want to do this. <laughs> so takeout is a very good option for us. Um, now tell me a little bit about sort of your favorite dishes to make um, and to eat if they are not the same. Um, pretty much it goes back to my childhood again, what I was used to as a child. A lot of the street food uh, specific to the region where I grew up in, the northeast of Thailand, Isan. So a lot of street food, very strong flavors with spices, salt, not too much sugar, a lot of lime juice. So things like papaya salad, mm. um, grilled chicken, let's see, grilled beef, um, Lap, which is a salad again, warm salad, and so a lot of those dishes are street food in Thailand, street dishes right. you know, in Thailand. Right. So I love those dishes; those are my go-to, and I can eat them basically every day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, papaya salad. I know you kind of shared a recipe for papaya salad on That's the Culturally right. blog. Um, I'm definitely going to link that to the show notes here as well. But that just again looks and I'm sure tastes delicious. <laughs> Yes, and it's so healthy too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anything papaya is right. I, I, yeah, I love papaya. So right now, is there a dish that you are maybe dying to master, or you want to learn how to make? I know you said baking is not your baking. forte. <laughs> I want to be a good baker. I want to be a good baker. <laughs> so that's my answer: is baking. Oh, actually, also uh, Portuguese cooking. Um, we lived on a little island 
in the Azores. It's a Portuguese island in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean for one year. And we had Portuguese neighbors exposed to the culture, the cuisine. So I really want to learn how to cook the, the food well, just because we were so, it was such a great experience for us that I would love to just learn more. Yeah. So, so what are you doing to kind of achieve that goal? Have you researched? Have you, are you trying out different Portuguese dishes? Uh, you know, I've just been so busy with building up my blog, being a mom, you know, and yes. all these. So I haven't been doing much, but I do have a couple of handwritten recipes from my Portuguese friends. So I've got a couple of cookbooks and like you, I, I need to sit down and just really concentrate and focus on um, just mastering those dishes. Hey there, I hope you are enjoying this episode of Culturally Ours. Did you know there are so many wonderful resources, articles, and blog posts on the website to extend your Culturally Ours experience? We also have a library of free resources like a travel guide to some of the most culturally diverse places around the world, a global kitchen essentials cheat sheet, and so much more. Head on over to culturallyars.com forward slash free to grab these and be sure to check back often as we're constantly adding more resources just for you. Now, let's get back to the episode. Now, let's talk, let's maybe shift gears a little bit and talk about um, comfort food. Okay, I know comfort food means different things to different people, especially like people like you and me who've lived in a a different culture and now you know live in a completely different culture uh, it's such it's such a grounding feeling to kind of go back to those comfort foods so tell me tell me if you have you know dishes or or maybe it's maybe it's even a process or maybe it's a drink or something that is comforting for you that you find yourself gravitating towards when you know you need that little lift me up or pick me up or whatever you want to call it yes for me um, it's not a Thai dish surprisingly it's pho Vietnamese soup okay I love pho I can eat it all summer long even if it's 120 degrees I love pho um yeah I don't know why um well I know why my um adopted brother's um Vietnamese and so we just you know were introduced to pho um earlier on when I first came to the states and it's just been something that I've love eating so much of <laughs> it's so, so it's it's associated with a family memory correct right? yes okay excellent now this might be a very silly question but considering that you know you're Thai American you're married to an American yes. you live in America you've traveled all over the world but how diverse would you say is your kitchen and your dining table too I mean is it do you guys like have a variety of things every meal or is it just special occasions? Uh, give me a sense of what, what your dinner table looks like. Okay, so it's a mix of both. Um, I, My husband and I both love Thai, Asian, and world food. Our kids are still young. My daughter is, um, her palate is more developed than my, my son. So we'll do a little bit of both, but you know, they're you know, in American culture. So they love the American pizza and French fries and burgers, you know. So we try to do a balance of both and trying to encourage them to be more adventurous too. But um, with our, with my husband and I, we, we try, we'll try everything. And also I have a lot of um, international friends here in town and we would always try to bring food of different, um, 
different cultures and dishes from our homelands who just come together and experiment and try and just eat together, tell stories. So it's just something that I love doing just to replicate the the communal feeling that I remember um, having in, in Thailand and also in a lot of Asian cultures, which is more community oriented. And that's just how I I see it. No, very true. Um, you know, just I think it's just uh, something that's very normal in that part of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm from India. So for yeah. me, you know, literally having our I remember growing up when our front door would the evenings would would be open <laughs> and I lived in I lived in like in a community with a lot of different buildings and my building had like five six floors so my neighbors they did the same thing and I remember you know she, my neighbor the, the auntie we call everybody auntie and uncle mm -hmm. she would make something to eat she was from the north uh, we're from the south she would make something to eat for dinner and she would send her kids with you know a little bit of what she's made um, to our house and you know my mom would do the same thing so it was just it was just open door policy yes. uh, especially and it's it kind of brings out that whole community feeling again right yeah um, and here it's I, I think I probably moved into my house two years after that is when I met my neighbors <laughs> which nobody is outside you know everybody Correct. just you know you you, yeah. you get into the house you you're you know if you have an attached garage then you're just you get into pull into the garage the garage door closes and that's it you don't see anybody right, right. that's correct <laughs> yeah and I love that open feeling too so when I was in Thailand in 2019 I'm, our whole family went and I brought a friend along to help document um the, uh, the journey because it was it's been seven years, I think, at that point when we went back. And so I wanted some uh, photograph. And she said that every family meal at my at my house, it was like Thanksgiving. It wasn't as big or as much, but it was just a little bit of everything. And we just brought it all out. And we sat on the floor and we just out in the open. And it was hot and everyone would be just walking by, doing their own thing. And every single person that walked by, we would invite them to come eat with us come join us and some did and some didn't so it was just an expectation to like you don't just you know close off your meals or your home you invite others along and it's up to them to come in or to decline the invitation yeah and I and, and I like especially with Indian culture too I mean food like when we're eating out with friends or family we always order for the table <laughs> We never order, okay, this is what I'm going to have, right. which took me a while to get used to that concept because that's so much sort of an Americanized thing where right. you order your own dish and then, you know, the, the waiter comes and puts it right, waiter, waitress puts it right in front of you and there's no share, sharing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you have to like dig into the other person's plate, but you know, it's like the a sample. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That I mean, way. It's, it's Exactly. And it's normal. Whereas here, when I have to do it, I'm like, always like, um, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge difference between, I think, the East and the West, you know, the uh, family style of ordering. And so yeah, it's just more fun. That way you get to experience, experiment with different flavors and just experience different tastes. And it's just more fun. All right. So let's get back to um, just sort of eating and eating habits. And we've touched on this a little bit. Um, and I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Are you very adventurous in your eating? Like other things you'll try everything or are there some things that you just absolutely will not touch? Um, I am pretty adventurous to the point where it's almost too adventurous. I don't want to share. <laughs> 
what I eat with. I don't want to share with Americans what I eat or Westerners what I eat. Just <laughs> because um, they, you know, it's just not a part of this part of the world. And so um, I don't know. I I love uh, exp- um, just trying new things and how we grew up in Thailand. We were poor, so we didn't waste a thing with our food, the bones, the skin, the fat, nothing was wasted. So we turned all of those parts into tasty food. And a lot of those uh, things now in America, I see become delicacies. (laughs) And especially with the fancy places and restaurants and cooking shows. And it's just fascinating to see. Whereas a few years ago, people would just turn up their noses on these things, you know? <laughs> okay, now I'm super curious. Give me an example. <laughs> well, I don't know, maybe to, to me, maybe it not, may not be as strange, but like I love chicken feet, braised chicken feet when it's seasoned right in curries or um, and pork feet. Um I would eat the skin, the, um, oh my gosh, I don't want to go into it because I feel like listening. <laughs> no, but okay. Okay. Fair enough. So, but, but you are pretty adventurous and you will try everything. Yes. Okay. I am. Okay. Now this is, this can be um, anywhere in the world because you've traveled, right? Typically kind of try to narrow it down to where you are, but you've such, have such a diverse um, experience with food. So in all your stints abroad and all your travels abroad, um, what are some of your sort of favorite restaurants and why? Okay, this is going to make you laugh just because <laughs> it's very opposite, the very extreme of each other. So I'll go with the latest one first. We were in Germany this summer, but we went to Paris. We flew into Paris first. My husband came and met the kids and I there. So the first meal we had was a um, Thai Thai meal in a Thai restaurant mm-hmm. in Paris, of course. Okay. And it was just okay. a small little joint in a little corner. And we, it was an amazing, amazing meal. We ordered so many things. It was spicy. Again, I think that food was representation of my region where I grew up. So it's more flavorful and tasty and just a lot of um, spices added to it. So that one was in Paris. And the other restaurant, a tiny little restaurant in Kansas (laughs) when we lived I know, I know. Um, it was owned by Laotian families, and their food again was incredible. I still think about the papaya salads, the jerky mm. with the tomato dip. Oh my gosh, my mouth is drooling as I'm talking about this. <laughs> it was so good, and it wasn't the American Americanized Thai food that you see in a lot of American restaurants, where it was just sugar filled. This restaurant was so, I felt like it was so authentic that minimal sugar was used and the flavors were just so amazing and not filled with fillers to make food taste better. Okay, I'm going to digress a little bit because you talked about this a couple of times and I want to kind of talk about this just because I think it's important, at least for me, uh, when I'm, if I'm learning about Thai food. You said Thai food here in America, they add a lot of sugar. Um, it, why is that? And is that not typically how Thai food in Thailand is? Um, I think certain regions have more sugar than others. In the central Thailand, Bangkok, um, there's more sugar added, I feel like. But in the north, in the northeast, there's less sugar added. But 
I think nowadays there's a lot of Western influence, so more sugars added mm. to different dishes. And in America,、mm. I think just to adapt to the American taste, sugar is added. Like for example, to patai, to patiu, to all these stir fry dishes, just to spike up the sweetness, you know, in the dish and for the taste buds too, and sugar cells, you know. So <laughs> that is true, sugar cells. That is very true, my、yes. friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now if you could cook one dish, one dish for every day of the rest of your life,、oh、would you do it? And what would it be? I know Sylvia flat out said no. I'm, I'm, I'm the same. I'm. I would have to say no. It's just impossible. I can give、mm. you five. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I would do pho. I would learn how to cook pho really well. Papaya salad, sticky rice. I would do grilled beef or grilled chicken. I think that's five right there. Awesome.、Yes. Awesome. Okay. This is more of a fun question.、Okay. <laughs> If you could invite some people you admire the most, and this doesn't have to be famous people, it can be people who matter to you, past or present. Um, for a dinner party at home, who are they?、Uh, what's your sort of relationship, and what would you serve? Okay, well, this can get a little bit personal, so feel free to cut this out.、Um, <laughs> First of all, let's just do the fun part.、Um, Anthony Bourdain, I would love to invite him.、Um, oh, for sure, I'm there. If you invite, I, I mean, if. <laughs> Conversations with him, his stories and his knowledge,、yeah. so fascinating. I would love to. I don't know. I would cook probably all these weird things that I don't want to tell you what I eat. You know, I would eat those things, and he would love it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think he would be one guest who would be like, "Bring it on!" <laughs> that's right. That's right. And then、um, the other special people in my life,、um, I would say, my brother. Um, he passed away a few years ago. He's Vietnamese, and I would have loved to、um, just—he was young. I would have just loved to know him now as an adult and his experience、mm. in the refugee camp in Thailand, his Vietnamese culture. I would love to just feast him with all his favorite foods and dishes.、Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I think that's that's super special. I know if I could. If I was a better cook, <laughs> I would definitely want to get my parents back on the table.、Um, you know, just because I think as we progress through life, we grow, we get, you know, we mature, and it's just like again, these people know us, so kind of having them be with us、mm-hmm. in these different stages of life is super special. Yes.、Um, so yeah. Now tell me, Swani, you.、Um, You mentioned your food blog.、Uh, you, I, I mentioned that you now cook on IGTV. You do IGTV lives with, you know, just helping people learn about Thai food and stuff. What are your future plans for your blog and your like cooking? Where do you want to take it? If you're comfortable sharing that with us? Oh yes, absolutely. I'm I'm a beginner.、Uh, I've been a beginner for three years at this whole thing. <laughs> so I love to cook on my own. Doing a food blog is. A bit more of a challenge because I have to measure everything. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm a 
freestyle person just like to do everything and whatever I have around the house is how I, I do it so to do my food blog is to measure everything out to test recipes make sure that my readers can follow it exactly to the taste to the liking to to however mm -hmm. I want the dish to taste to them I don't know what I'm trying to say there um so yes with my food blog I'm just going to continue to provide more recipes and provide value to my audience and teach them about the things that I know about Thai food, other dishes, other, you know, ingredients or cuisine that I've learned along the way and just share that and hopefully share some of my stories alongside those dishes as I go along and help people become comfortable in the kitchen cooking some tasty food. That's an amazing uh, goal. And I think what makes a food blog beyond just pretty pictures and recipes is the, the personality of the person behind it. Mm -hmm. And you have such an interesting story. You know, you've from your time in Thailand to your time here, being a military wife. And I see a lot of that in what you share. Um, so for me, it's interesting because it's like I get to know Swani beyond what she's showing me in terms of images and yes. you know food it's it's like if I if I were to cook a recipe that you share with me I feel like I'm more connected to you that you know that's and, and that's why I encourage um, you to share those stories because it just like like we've talked about stories help us connect with each other that's the whole premise of this you know this whole show and this whole platform um, otherwise it's just you know words that have no meaning and no connection. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. And I love that. I love that you are so, um, that, that's your focus for your show. And I see so many um, cultures represented, you know, by you. And I love that. I love that you're able to see these different things, these beauty, just the, the beauty in these cultures and just bring it all together for, for your audience. Thank you, my friend. That means a lot to me. Thank you so much. You. Well, I had a blast. Um, I cannot wait to dig dig into what you share on social media as well. And I know we talked a little bit about maybe doing an IG Live together mm -hmm. when this uh, show goes on. So stay tuned for that, people who are listening. Um, thank you again. And I really am so thrilled to call you friend. And I look forward to seeing where your blogging journey takes you I'm sure it's going to be amazing thank you thank you for joining us on this episode of culturally ours check out the show notes at culturallyours.com if you've enjoyed the show please be sure to hit subscribe leave us a review and share it with your family and friends